Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Generous Living, where together we discover the joy and freedom that comes from living with an abundance mentality. Let's learn to share with others and honor God. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Happy spring, everybody. Hey, welcome to our new series, Generous Living. I'm Pastor Tim, and I got a treat for you today. Who likes M&Ms? Light up the chat if you like M&Ms. Any M&M fans that are live campuses, all right? If you're watching online, this is going to be a sweet sermon for you today. And uh, I want to give you a little gift today, okay? In our live locations, we're going to pass out a sweet treat to everybody. But at line, I want you to go grab some candy from the cupboard. Maybe you got M&Ms, maybe you got Skittles. Just grab a bunch of them, okay? In their live locations, as you pass the bucket down the row, take an offering envelope, everybody. You can take one out, pass it down, shake it. Do you hear that? What's inside? You hear that? Yeah, it's M&Ms, okay? Go ahead, one envelope per person. Again, if you're at church online or you're watching at home, just grab a little handful of M&Ms or, you know, Skittles, whatever you got, 10 pieces of candy, but don't eat it yet. Don't eat it yet, everybody, okay? Did you, some, it's too late. Mike's already into the M&Ms, all right? I'm gonna, let me explain what these M&Ms represent. Again, this is a series called Generous Living, and I want to teach you about generosity today. Uh, what I've noticed is out of the pandemic, too many people are living very small selfish lives. You know what I'm talking about? You've probably seen it. People are more, their more hands are closed around things. They're kind of clutching on to what they have. But the Bible makes an incredible promise in Proverbs chapter 11. It says this, the world of the generous gets what church gets? Larger and larger, while the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And so the question is, this spring, are you living a life that's growing larger and larger and larger, more expansive because of generosity? Or is it shrinking smaller and smaller because of how tight you're holding on? If you suffer from a scarcity mindset, this message is for you. We're gonna talk about the joy and freedom God has for you that comes from an abundance mentality, generous living towards God and others. That's what this series is about. How do you live generously with your money and possessions? Now, I know for some of you, all the air might have just gone out of the room like, Oh, no. Is he going to talk about money? Where, where's the exit? Click. I'm off. No, no, no. Lean in here. Before we go further, let me make a couple disclaimers. I'm going to set you at ease, all right? When we talk about generosity at Liquid, I always have three ground rules. First off, this is a guilt-free conversation. So everyone, deep breath. Relax. Relax. We're not going to shame or guilt you, you know. I've seen those churches. If you love God more, you'd give more to the church. That's not this. We're not going to make you feel bad, you know, if like you're in debt. Like, how'd you do that? What a dumb thing. As Christ followers, we don't live under guilt, right? We live under a thing called grace, amen? Grace is God's radical generosity and his love for us, apart from what we do for him. So, so generosity from God is what inspires us towards a generous lifestyle. So number one rule, no guilt. And secondly, when it comes to generosity, understand As a church, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And that is financial freedom, man. Contentment. (laughs) We actually believe it's possible to live in the Northeast, right? You all know this is one of the most expensive places in the world to work, to live, to raise a family. And experience financial freedom and learn to live generously. But let me tell you something. You will experience less stress less debt, you'll have this sense of contentment and gratitude 
because you're learning to be, man, I'm becoming a wise steward of the stuff that God has entrusted to me. So this is a message to encourage you, regardless of your age or your income status, okay? I know we have some college students, and maybe you're starting a summer job, or maybe you got, you're like, I got a family of four, man, I'm trying to hustle and grind. Understand, we don't want something from you. I want something for you, like being debt-free. I'm going to talk about that next week. Those of you with debt, can you imagine how freeing it would feel if you were debt-free next spring? Guys, good news. We have hundreds of families in this church at every campus who have gotten out of debt with God's help, and now they're experiencing, listen, generous living. And that's what we want for everyone this spring. So consider today a family conversation. That's the last thing I'll say. If you're new or you're just clicked on Liquid Church for the first time, just relax, everybody. You get a free pass today. Uh, you ever had that experience like, you know, oh, no, I bought a guest. I visit once and now they're after my money. No, no, no. Today, I'm just talking to our church family, those who call Liquid Church their home. And so I want you to imagine we're kind of just sitting around a, a kitchen table uh, for a family talk where, hey, we kind of talk honestly and, and openly about awkward stuff. You guys know this at Liquid, right? We'll talk about marriage, sex, money, kids. It's just who we are. At Liquid, we believe the Bible is relevant and applies to real life. So you're like a guest in our home, and you get to pull up a chair today and just kind of eavesdrop on a family conversation and maybe just find out how crazy we really are, okay? Just saying. So free pass for you. Just lean in and listen, but, but watch out. You might learn something too. Sound good? All right. I want to start off by reading Proverbs 23, 4 together, uh, in which King Solomon, King Solomon, by the way, was the richest man in history, Okay richer than Jeff Bezos. He was wealthier than Elon Musk, okay? King Solomon wrote these words of wisdom. Solomon said this. Let's read it together. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show, what's the word, church? Restraint. Now, how many of you have already eaten an M&M? Because you have no restraint at this point, okay? <laughs> As Americans, restraint is not something we are good at. Um, my generation, we grew up on bad debt, easy credit. If you think of the biggest financial disaster of our generation, the Great Recession, 2008, right, hits families super hard. And if you ask the question like, man, what caused the greatest recession of our generation? What, what, what's causing inflation now? The answer would be Proverbs 23.4. No one had the wisdom to show restraint. That recession was fueled by risky subprime mortgages that led to a complete collapse of the housing market. It's heating up again that way. Reckless lending by banks, unwise debt taken on by families who couldn't afford it. Banks were greedy. Homeowners were greedy. They still are. <laughs> but we all paid the price. Did you know American households lost $16 trillion in net worth since the last recession? Leads us to verse 5 in which Solomon writes this. He says, cast but a glance at riches and they are what? Gone. I love this word picture. Listen to this. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. I want you to imagine that word picture, okay? Imagine your house sprouting wings. Off it goes, right? Your car, your SUV flying off like an eagle. Your 401k, bye-bye, birdie. That's kind of how it's been for a lot of us over the last couple decades. I, I as a pastor, think a lot, of, a lot of people say to me, I want to live generously, Tim but I have income problems. And I'm like, what's the, your income problem? You're like, in it comes and out it goes. <laughs> and where it goes, nobody knows. So let's just start there right now. Where do you think it goes? The average dollar in your pocket. Can I show you? Those of you who are Gen Z, this is a dollar bill, okay? This is paper. You see this as currency. <laughs> let's pretend this dollar bill 
represents your income. I realize no one carries cash today, by the way. That's why I gave everybody your, these M&Ms. All right, everybody got their envelope of M&Ms. Go ahead and open it. In the offering envelope today, it's not money, it's M&Ms. And you should have, did you count them? I've got 10, okay? I just dropped one, I'll put one in. I got 10 M&Ms. Don't eat them yet. <laughs> Too late, some of you zero self-control. I see you, man. Now, let's pretend these 10 M&Ms represent your income, okay? This is, this is you, this is me, here's my 10 M&Ms. This is 100% of your income, okay? How would your income be spent if you're the average American? Well, the truth is the first 30% of your income goes to housing. So what that means is everybody take three M&Ms and pop them in your mouth. Go ahead, we're gonna have fun today, all right? Do it at Home Church Online. Three M&Ms down, that's the rent for your apartment. It's the mortgage on your home or your condo. It's not, ooh, that hit me, man. It's not just a mortgage. It's also the maintenance, maintenance cost. <laughs> Chocolate. If your dishwasher breaks, you know how much that costs for a guy to come out where we are? 120 bucks an hour. Just come out to clean. It's like I could buy a brand new dishwasher. It's home repairs. It's mowing the lawn. 30% for housing. Now, try to guess the next biggest expense in the average American's life. Anybody want to guess? Healthcare, 20%. So pop two more M&Ms. This is your doctor's visit. This is your glasses. This is your prescriptions if you need braces. 20% of every dollar goes to healthcare. And I like, you're like, this is no fun, man. The next category is, though. That's recreation and personal needs. You're like, now we're talking, okay. This is your shopping, this is your entertainment. Eat two more M&Ms for this. This is the clothes you wear. Kyra, your strappy heels, okay? If you go to a concert or the movies or you go to the ball game at Yankee Stadium, actually, you gotta take a second mortgage for that one. That's like, <laughs> this 20% is your vacation plans this summer. It's your weekend at the beach. So 20% for recreation, that's the fun part, your personal needs. Now, we've eaten seven M&Ms so far, so how many do you have left? You're doing the math, everybody? Three, you got them, three? Okay, this next category is food. And technically it's 14%, but just eat one, okay? We don't wanna get sloppy, just pop one. This is your groceries. This is Uber Eats, okay? This is going out for pizza or, or salad at Chopped or your, your daily Starbucks stop, okay? Another 14% is how you got here or to work, your auto, your car, your SUV, the truck you drove to church. This represents your payment or it could represent your car fleece, or I mean a lease, if you have one, as well as auto insurance, which in New Jersey is crazy mad money. By the way, I don't like to brag about going on expensive trips, but recently I just got back from the gas station. Hello. <laughs> now here's a question. How many M&Ms you got left, okay? How many you guys got left? If you're a normal American, just average, you should have one M&M left, which represents 2% of your dollar. Now, just stop right there. Don't eat it yet. You remember what's printed on the back of every bill of U.S. currency? It says, in God we what? We trust. That's what we say. It's what we pledge. But the reality is the average American gives less than 2% of her income back to God or to help others. Serving the poor, feeding the hungry, clothing the homeless. That's the problem. We say in God we trust, but then we spend 99% on ourselves. And then if there's anything left over, well, maybe I can help a brother out. Spare a little dime. 
help someone else in need. And it's hard, right? Because, look, we all want to live generously, but the problem is we're broke. We think, well, this is the problem. Look, I don't have enough M&Ms, man. God, if you gave, if you gave me more M&Ms. But listen to me. From God's perspective, this isn't about the amount in your account. It's about the attitude in your heart. Generous living isn't about needing more M&Ms to give. It's about needing less to spend on yourself. In fact, I want to challenge you with your last remaining M&M, save it and do not eat it till I'm done talking, okay? Let's see how hard it, your self-control is. If you have one M&M left when you leave church today, okay? Now just look at that lonely M&M and I'm going to ask you a question. Here it is, ready? Hold up your M&M. Who owns this? You didn't have it a few minutes ago. I just gave this to you. Whose is this? Is this mine or is it yours? The answer, real answer is, it's God's, right? It's God's. <laughs> Some of you are like, I, sh I should have known. Trick question. I'm in church. You owe the answer is always God, okay? <laughs> no, no. This actually cuts much deeper than that. See, the most important thing when it comes to generous living is your mindset. And the Bible teaches an approach that is counterculture to what every one of us is taught in America. That everything that you have, from your income to your food, to your home, your job, your car, your cash, all of it, listen to me, God owns everything. Can you say that with me? God owns everything. None of it belongs to us. Rather, it's on loan to you from your Father in heaven. Listen carefully to what God says in the book of Job. He says this. It's a pretty powerful statement. He says, everything under heaven belongs to who? Belongs to me, God says. Everything under heaven. What's left out? Or how about Psalm 24? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let me teach you a little Hebrew. The meaning of the Hebrew word for everything is everything, okay? Scripture just kind of just confronts us, our American notions of like, that's mine, I own this. I, it's like, man, God owns the whole candy store, bro. Everything is his, your car, your cash, your condo. He even leads claim to your life. You know that? First Corinthians says this, you are not your own. You were bought at a price, the blood of my precious son, Jesus. So God owns everything in your life, including you. Think about that, man. If you let that truth sink in, man, everything in my life comes from God. It's on loan to me from him. You start to see things differently. That paycheck that you receive every other Friday, God's like, oh yeah, remember that? That's mine, actually. That investment um, you lost last week, okay, that's God's too. Some of us freak out so much. We're like, oh no, the stock market. Do you think God like worries when Wall Street tanks? You think God's like, oh my goodness, look at Amazon. It's my, it's my Bitcoin. God, what? God says, man, everything you have belongs to me. But listen, listen, listen. Because I'm a generous father, I entrust some of it to you, my daughter or my son. So understand, when you get a paycheck every week or bi-weekly or whatever it is, it's your Father in heaven trusting you with a portion of his money. He's the master, but watch this. You are his M&M. Do you guys know what M&M stands for? Think of it this way. You are God's money manager. Everyone say money manager. Money manager. This is the biblical concept known as stewardship. You know where it comes from? In Bible times, the king of a nation would often go off to war, sometimes for years at a time, and while he was away, he would appoint what's called a steward or a servant 
to manage all of his resources until he came back. He's like, my money, my land, all my assets, all my investments, I'm giving them to you. And when the king returned, the steward would say, it's all returned back to you, my master. What's the point as a Christian? Who's your king? <laughs> Listen, your master ain't MasterCard. It's King Jesus, amen, who is pre in heaven right now preparing to return. But in between where we are right now, he says, I'm going to trust you. I want you to be my steward, Mike. I want you to manage my money. Will you be my money manager? So every week, God says to each of us, hey, here's $500 or $1,000 or $5,000. It's all mine, but I'm trusting you with a portion. And because I love you, I want you to use the majority of it to meet your needs for your family. Food, clothing, shelter. I love you. I'm generous as a dad. I, but don't forget who this is. I'm asking you to watch the candy store while I'm away. You're my M&M, my money manager, and I trust you. So it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Like if you think about it, you ever get a, a raise or a promotion or you get some money comes into your life you didn't ask for? It's always funny when a little bit of extra money comes into your life, you're like, oh, wonderful. Isn't it kind of crazy how we treat that? We're like, clearly all of these are for me, you know, <laughs> right? Tell Cookie Monster, tell, tell me that isn't true, right? Like if you walked into work on Monday and your boss called you in the office and said, hey, listen, and you're like, is this bad news? You're like, no, good news. Sales are up, business is booming, and starting Monday, we're giving you a raise. It's your lucky day. If you, if you receive the bonus tomorrow, tell me you would immediately start thinking, sweet, Cancun, here I come, right? Or I can finally buy that couch at Pottery Barn. Or now I can upgrade my ride. It's Tesla time, you know, right? That's our default thinking as consumers. We're taught to consume everything we're given. And it's kind of crazy if you think about it. I remember about 10 years ago, I started realizing I buy stuff I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't even like. <laughs> but the Bible says, as a Christian, consumer is not your main identity. As a son or daughter bought by Jesus Christ, you are God's steward, his M&M or money manager trusted to manage your father's wealth. Now, I know some of you are thinking, some of you are objecting right now. You're like, well, hold on a minute, Tim. That's... That, that's not completely accurate. Like, I mean, it, it's fine to acknowledge God and all. I think that's important. But at the end of the day, okay, I have what I have because of uh, hard work, okay? I worked the overtime, not Jesus, okay? I, I have what I have because I earned it. Really? Like, just pause. Really? Really? In Deuteronomy 8, listen to how God warned his people. God said, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. In other words, you may think what you have is a result of your intellect or your, your talents, your ability. But God's like, oh yeah, who uh, gave you those gifts in the first place? Who, who gave you that, that intelligence quotient? Who gave you that talent? Who, who gave you the ability to do what you do? Like if you are fortunate enough to have a, a, a job, uh, good health and income. God's like, is that something that uh, you sustain? You, you do that? Is that you? See, we forget this fundamental truth until crisis wakes us up to this reality that everything we have and work so hard for, all of it is a generous gift from your Father in heaven. God is the giver of every dollar and every dime, and we're just his stewards, his, his servants, his money manager, which is why God taught his people in ancient practice, 
It's a discipline. It was meant to create a habit in their life, to train their heart to be generous like his. And that discipline is called the tithe. Can you say that with me? Tithe. Does everybody know what the word tithe means? If you hang around church, you probably do. If, you, if you're new to church, the word tithe means 90%, okay? <laughs> actually, I'm serious. The, the tithe means that God actually gives you, watch this, God gives you 100% and he lets you keep 90. How's that sound, business people? God gives you 100% of the products, but you keep 90% of the profits. That word tithe in Hebrew literally means a tenth or 10%. And the Bible tells believers to return the tithe to God. Now, let me show you the problem. I am about to <laughs> cause a problem for some of you because I'm going to share with you the two words, but I think they're the most challenging words in the whole Bible. This comes from the last book of the Old Testament. It's called Malachi, or if you're Italian, Malachi, you know, the Italian prophet. Malachi records God's final words to his children Israel, and at this moment, their nation had become corrupt. They were at war with their enemies. Their economy was falling apart. Does this sound familiar? And Malachi is God's last attempt to reach out to his kids and call them back into relationship. And in Malachi 3, verse 8, God asked them a question. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? God's answer, in tithes and offerings. In other words, God's like, I'm a generous father, yeah? I want to be generous to you. And Israel's like, sounds great. We want to be blessed by God. Hello, how do we do that? And God's like, how about this? The first step's kind of simple. Um, stop ripping me off. <laughs> and they're like, what? Like, how, how do we rob you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Now, the word tithe literally translates to tenth in Hebrew, or what we would say 10%. God says, I want you to return the first 10% of your income, that first M&M, back to my house, the church, as a way of putting me first in your finances. And so that's what the people did at first. They took the first 10% or tithe of whatever the income was, and most people nowadays were like farmers, right? So they would return the first tenth or 10% of their grain to the, uh, to the temple or cattle or sheep. They would return the first 10% to God, listen to me, off the top. Not, not the gross, I'm talking the gross, not the net. Before anybody else gets a cut, we're going to give our first fruits to God. In other words, God said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to put a certain amount of income from my treasury in your hand, because I trust you. But before you eat those M&Ms all for yourself, I want you to return, watch this, that one M&M back, because I know a secret about you. You have a sweet tooth. <laughs> and you naturally want to eat every one for yourself. But that's not the path to living. That's not the kind of father I am. At his heart, God is a giver, not a taker. Think of the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his one and only son, Jesus. So generosity is at the heart of salvation. He's like, I gave my son, Jesus, to forgive your sin. I give you eternal life. I give you daily bread to leave. Now watch this. As my child, I want to train you to live like me, generously, open-handed like your father. So before you spend all this on yourself, I want you to return to me the first tenth of your income. That M&M, that's what I've blessed you with. But if you honor me with your tithe, I will know I can trust you as my steward. And so that's what every Jew did. Every Israelite gave a tithe to the temple or the church as a way to put God first 
in their finances. That's what the tithe is about. It's training your heart to live generously like God. And this spiritual discipline called tithing, by the way, it's carried over thousands of years to today. The modern equivalent of returning your tithe or 10% of every dollar that you earn to the local church. What that means is it's the place where you're spiritually fed. Did you ever wonder, like, why do we receive um, tithes and offerings every week in worship service or give online at church online? Understand what this is. The tithe is not a tax. I think some people think that. They're like, oh, if I go to church, it's like you pay dues like a country club. That's how you become a member. No, no, no. The tithe isn't a tax, and the tithe is not a tip. It's not like, how did you like the service? Oh, you played my favorite song today. I love Jairus, so I'm going to put a little bit of, I'll put a five spot in the offering plate. No, 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 no. The tithe is not how God, like, pays the church electric bill. It's one of the ways we worship him and acknowledge, God, I am totally dependent on you. When you tithe, it's a way of saying, Father, everything I have comes from your hand. Thank you for everything. I'm just your money manager, so I'm going to give that back to you. But there's a problem in Malachi. Big problem. What did God claim? Will a man rob God? You're robbing me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. In other words, God's like, you're ripping me off. I gave you 90% to live on. And you can't return a dime? At your moment of greatest need, you cut me out of the picture? And because of that, there's consequences. Verse 9, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Now, what does that mean, curse? Does it mean like the evil eye or God's going to hex you or something? No, no, no. Being cursed is just the opposite of being blessed by God. It's, it's saying, I don't want God's favor, God. I'll do this myself. And God's like, okay, go ahead. I'll live without me. And so God gives this instruction to his people. Let's read this out loud together. Big, loud voice, even those church online, say it out loud with me. He says, bring the what? Whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. He says, bring the whole, not partial tithe, the whole tithe, the first 10%. In other words, not what you have left after taxes, not what you have left after you've paid off your car that month. It's not what you have left after you've paid for Netflix and Hulu and Spotify and all your streaming subscriptions. <laughs> he says, give the whole tithe back to me first. So what that means is if you have 10 M&Ms, right, you return one to God. If God's given you 100 M&Ms, you return to him, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. If God's blessed you with a thousand M&Ms, you give a hundred. If you've been blessed with, you get the idea? And if your father's trying to teach your heart how to live generously, he didn't tell his people, hey, live above your means like Americans. He didn't even tell them to live within their means. He said, I want you to live below your means at 90% with mandated margin. I want you to live on less and watch, trust me for the rest. See you know what that means for you and me? Practically. It means if God has enabled you to make $500 a week, you return $50 to the house of God, your church. If you make $50,000 a year, you tithe $5,000 annually. That's 10%. If God enables you to make $100,000 a year, you return $10,000 to your local church, the place where you're fed spiritually. And that's where the rubber meets the road. Because the average Christian today, I checked this with Pew Research, gives between 1% and 2% of their income. In other words, we make a living at robbing God. You may want to give more, but there's nothing left at month's end. But watch this. God then makes this stunning promise. In fact, this is the only place in the Bible 
where God challenges his people to test him. Let's read this challenge God gives in verse 10. It says this. Say it together. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see. Test me and see. If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Guys, circle two words in your Bible. Type them in the chat. Test me. Everyone say it. Test me. Nowhere else does the Bible say this. In fact, the Bible says don't put the Lord your God to the test. Except in one spot, one area of generosity, the tithe. See, the tithe is a test. It's a test of your heart. It's a test of God's faithfulness. See, when you honor God first in your finances, he says, test me and see. If I can't be trusted, remember, I own everything. I am your father. I own everything under heaven belongs to me. You see if I can't be trusted to do what? What's God say he'll do? He says, you return the tithe and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Start with a little trickle, then a little bit more, a little bit more, and pour out so much blessing in your life that you won't ever have to contain it all. You ain't going to have room, baby. It's a picture of abundance, of blessing, of overflow. God says, when you give me your tithe, I promise to bless the rest. And at first we think, man, I, I don't have enough, but, but somehow at months end, I, I have more than enough. See, folks, this is a fundamentally different way of looking at life. The world tells you, spend every last cent yourself, ah, all these MMs for me. And God says, no, no, I want you to trust me. And if you return the tithe, you pass my test. And now watch this, I can trust you with more, not just more, more than enough. Now you may say, I know what some of you are thinking here. Some of you are like, who's going to eat all those M&Ms, Tim? Is that you after the service? Yes, you're right about that. Some of you are saying, but, but Tim, what about, what about my, my student loans? You know what God says? He says, test me. What about my job situation right now? He says, I dare you to test me. But what about our house? God says, test me. If you will test me and live generously, the only thing you may lack is room enough to contain all the blessing that I plan to pour out on you. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see. If I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you may not have room enough for it. Can I ask? Like, what would it be like for you to take God at his word this spring? To actually live generously, stop robbing God, and test him with the tithe. In Malachi, God's basically laying a challenge down to me and to you. He says, um, do you want to keep 100% for yourself and live with a curse? without my favor, or return 10% to me, the maker of heaven and earth, and receive my blessing. That's literally the tithe challenge we're confronted with. Test me in this. See if you can't outgive me. How many of you know you can never outgive God? Amen? You'll never live more generously than God. See, if he can't be trusted to lead you into a life of generosity, that bling, brings the blessing of your Father in heaven, guys. And that's why our whole church, this spring, we are doing a 90-day tithe challenge. I'm challenging every single person here straight out of the Word of God. Those of you who are watching online, those at every campus starting today, I believe the Lord wants to challenge those of you who've maybe been holding back your finances from God. This is a chance to take God at His Word and jump on board this spring. Now, in your program today at our live locations, we put a little card on it in there with M&Ms on it. You can pull that out. If you're online, we're going to put a link in the chat. And the challenge is simple. For the next three months, I challenge you 
to commit to tithe, that is return the first 10% off the top of your income back to the church. If you go to Liquid Church, you tithe it here. And I want you to test God's promise in your life. See if his challenge in Malachi 3 doesn't come true. Just see if there isn't more overflow, more blessing, more generous living. In fact, we have such confidence in God's promise to provide for you, this 90-day tithe challenge comes with a money-back guarantee. <laughs> I'm not kidding. After three months, if you don't feel like you've been blessed by God, we will refund your tithe, no question asked. We will give you your money back. Because we're just convinced that when you give your best back to God, he promises, I can bless the rest because I trust you. You know, guys, I was talking over dinner with a small business owner a few weeks ago, and he said to me, it's really funny, young guy, he said, Tim, when I started my business, I promised God from day one that I would tithe on my profits. And I did it from day one when we didn't have a lot of money and it was hard. He says, but Tim, the blessing I've seen, I can't believe it. It's like God keeps pouring more and more and more into my life. And so now I'm actually telling my employees about tithing. This is a business owner telling me, the preacher, about tithing. I was like, preach it, man. <laughs> now understand, this isn't like some give-to-get scheme, all right, where you like give and it somehow obligates God. He has to bless you financially. That blessing of God may come in all sorts of different forms. Yes, God may bless you financially. We've seen that. It's possible. It often happens. But he may also bless you relationally. Maybe he gives you a sense of harmony in your home, a sense of peace and contentment that you didn't have. When you tithe, God may give you a new power and discipline to get out of debt. Because what? You're curbing your appetite for more. You're living generously to God. You may recover a new passion for God and an ability to help others around you. Not because God has to pay you back. He doesn't owe us anything. But just because you're demonstrating, God, you can trust me. Isn't that the goal of any parent? Like, I give my kids an allowance, okay? And I teach them to tithe. And you know what? When they're responsible stewards, I give them more. When you stop holding so tightly to your stuff and live generously, God opens his hands extra wide to you. Guys, you may not believe me, but I'm just telling you, I'm not a paid salesman. I'm a satisfied customer. <laughs> my wife, Colleen, and I have built our life, our entire family. God has built this church on the discipline of tithing. And we have seen God prove 100% true to his word. Right now, you are surrounded by hundreds of families at every campus who have taken the tithe challenge and seen God's hand of blessing. Families like my friend Beth. Beth is actually a single mom at Liquid. She was sitting in the seats that maybe you're sitting in right now, and she's a wonderful woman of faith, but you guys know it's hard living in New Jersey, right? On one income, she's raising a child with special needs. But Beth felt the Holy Spirit prompting her to take the 90-day tithe challenge. Listen to her story. When I heard Pastor Tim talking about the 90-day tithing challenge, I got kind of excited about that because I love a good challenge. And I, I felt that, that God was tugging at my heart. It was actually after the 90-day challenge was over and I was continuing to tithe that uh, my marriage started moving toward divorce. It had been troubled for quite some time and we just, uh, decided that it was time to divorce. I was uh, very, very concerned about my status as a single mom taking care of a beautiful son with special needs. I felt like maybe I needed to keep more of my income and I got very scared. I thought maybe maybe God would understand if, if I just let up a little bit on, uh, on the giving. But then I, I just said to myself that I had always wanted to do this, that God wants me to be obedient, that God wants me to give and to give joyfully. 
And so I worked my way through it, I kept up with it despite the challenges. I think the tithing helped me draw closer to the Lord by helping me to realize what was important and to trust Him with my finances. I'd been so nervous and worried that I wouldn't be able to, to continue to tithe and keep my house running, uh, keep, us, keep us safe. And uh, I just let it go and I just decided to trust God. Probably about seven or eight months ago, things just really started to, um, to smooth out. We started to heal uh, post-divorce. Um, my son is in a great place now. We, we have a peaceful atmosphere. I would say to anyone who's on the fence and thinking about taking the 90-day tithe challenge, it's really, it's not even about the money. It's about that God wants your heart and God wants you to be faithful and obedient and to really give cheerfully. You can't outgive Him. Can we thank Beth for sharing her story? Give some up for Beth. Incredible, guys. She represents thousands of families in this church who could tell a similar story, who took the 90-day tithe challenge four years ago was the last time we did this, and they never looked back. And they saw the blessing of God in remarkable ways. There are families who got out of debt, who had new opportunities at work, or they, they had an ability to save for college or their kids, leave a legacy, a new capacity to be generous to others. So if you're not currently tithing today, why are you robbing yourself? Like just, I'm going to say this, like in this moment, maybe you realize you've been holding back from God and this is the area of your life. I just want to challenge you in love right now. Take out your phone. Everyone take out your phone. Go ahead. If you're, on, if, if you're in person, just take out your phone. I want you to scan this QR code and type or type the URL in your browser. Go ahead. In fact, let's do it together. Just take out your phone, scan this card, or type liquidchurch.com slash tithe in your browser. And you can literally start tithing today and honoring God first. If you sign up, I'm going to send you a free book this week called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn. Totally free. I'm going to send it to you. But if you will scan the QR code with your phone or you click the URL in your browser and just share your name and your email, you don't have to share like your bank account and all this kind of stuff. I promise we're just not, not going to spam you. This isn't like a legal agreement. It's simply saying, you know what? God, I'm going to put you first in my finances this spring. And I'm, I'm going to send you that free book to help you get started. Guys, this could be a game changer for some of you. I like just know as a pastor, I know many of you have been struggling to get out of debt for so long. And you're like, I struggle to follow a plan that works, Tim. Can I tell you what's missing in your plan? I'm not a financial advisor. You need the power of God behind your plan. So for the next 90 days, how about instead of giving God your leftovers, you actually give him your first fruits, your first 10%. Guys, for some families, I'm just telling you, tithing is the spiritual breakthrough they've been looking for. Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, he's like, these are the three pillars of the Christian life, prayer, fasting, giving. So maybe you've never tithed. Give it a try for three months. Or maybe you fell away during the pandemic. Maybe you stopped giving. Hey, jump back on board this spring. It's never too late to put God first in your finances. I'm just telling you, man, if you need to write a makeup check, do it. <laughs> if you're behind in your bills and you think 10%, it's too much to give this season. All right, give 5% or 3%. The point is start somewhere. Honor God first and live generously. Remember, there's no risk in this, guys. We have such confidence in God's promise to bless you. This tithe challenge comes with a money-back guarantee. 
After 90 days, if you don't feel like you've been blessed by God, we will refund your money, no questions asked. And the proof is in the pudding. You know how many families have taken this 90-day tithe challenge over the years? Over a thousand. You know how many asked for their money back? Three. Three people out of over a thousand, that's 0.3%. Two of those families had a medical emergency. Again, I'm not a salesman. I'm a satisfied customer. I can testify to the power of tithing in my own family's life. Colleen and I started tithing the year we got married. That's 23 years ago. We didn't have a nickel to our name. I was driving a beater Ford Explorer, 200,000 miles. Colleen was still paying off college loans, but we started returning 10% of our joint income to our local church. It wasn't liquid at the time. Let me tell you something. For the last two decades, we have seen God bless us more than, exceedingly more than we could ever imagine. We're not rich. We both work, okay? We got kids in college, but we have this peace in our home with a sense of contentment. We've seen God's supernatural generosity in this church. And I don't share that to impress you. It has nothing to do with us. Generous living comes when you have a grateful heart, yeah? It's like a joy to honor Jesus with our finances. But I tell you that because I will never ask you to do something I don't do myself. So when I see what God's done through the generosity of ordinary families in this church, not rich, just working class, in the last 10 years, can I tell you what God did through your generosity for the poor and people in need? Two weeks ago, we used the tithe that you gave back to God to send $25,000 of food and water and relief supplies to refugees in Ukraine. They need medicine. That's what your tithe does. It fed poor families pouring into Poland. Every week, we send a portion of your tithe outside the walls to help people who can never pay us back. Your tithe feeds the homeless on the streets of Newark and Patterson. Your tithe serves kids with autism and Asperger's. Your tithe brings clean drinking water for thirsty families in Africa. When you tithe, it directly benefits those who have nothing. That's the power of generous living by God's people. So understand you can give with confidence. At this church, we hold the highest levels of financial transparency and integrity. Uh, you see all some crazy headlines now, but we are a member of the ECFA. That's called the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. It's like the gold, you know, good housekeeping gold seal of approval for churches. You know what it means? It means I'm not in charge of the money. <laughs> we don't take it to my house after service and count it. We actually have an independent board. And every year we go through an annual audit by an independent accounting firm to ensure we got the financial safeguards and controls in place. And good news, by the way, we passed our annual audit with flying colors for the 11th year in a row. Can we hear it for Dave Brooks and our finance team, man? That's inc Guys, you can give with 100% confidence. By the way, come read our audit if you'd like. It's one of the reasons I feel like Liquid has been blessed by the Lord, because he knows we treat the money like it's his, it's not ours, amen? Guys, it's not about the amount, it's about your heart. And I'll end with this. A little girl named Evie, she gets this, man. She got to get her up here and preach. I want to show you something. This just warmed my heart. I got a letter from a 12-year-old girl named Evie who started a business selling lemon and lime slimes. You guys even know what slimes are? It's kind of like a, like a Play-Doh kind of creation. She mixes them at home with her friend, and apparently slime is a thing for, for teen girls. So she starts selling lemon-lime slimes on her YouTube channel and TikTok channel, and she sent us $50 along with this handwritten letter. My name is Evie Waters. I'm 12 years old. I started my business a year ago selling slime, and it's doing quite well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Zoomers. A portion of my sales will go to Liquid Church. So I'm making a donation of $50 to give, and I will try and keep track of my profit so I can keep donating. Thank you, Evie. Can we hear it for Evie? Evie, you inspire me, girl. Guys, that's what generous living should look like.
And it all starts right here with the tithe. Remember I told you to save one M&M? Who's got it? Now this is the moment to eat it. But before you do, what letter's on it? M stands for Malachi. <laughs> means you're his money manager. And today God is challenging you to test him this spring. You go ahead, you can eat it. He says return that full tithe every week over the next 90 days. And again, you can do that at liquidchurch.com slash tithe. Give us your name and email. I'll send you a free book this week. But start today. Whether you're a kid with a little slime business <laughs> or college student with a summer gig at Starbucks, or maybe you got your first job or your first promotion, give God your first and your best. Why? Not because he wants your money, but because he wants your heart. And when you're generous to God first, he promises to bless the rest. Amen? Let's pray together and commit these next 90 days to God. Father, we could never outgive you. You loved us so much that you gave your one and only son, Jesus Christ. Father, you gave your first and your best and your only to us. And we are forever indebted. So we can't pay you back, God, but we want to have a heart like yours. So Father, I pray for the next 90 days, would you break the grip of materialism, of consumption, Father God? I pray for families in this church who will break the shackles of debt, Father God, forever and begin a new legacy for their family by honoring you first. Father, I ask for every man, woman, and child, yes, like Evie, Father God, would you put your hand of favor and blessing on them over the next 90 days, Father, and let it begin a snowball, momentum of generosity out of the wellspring of their heart. We want to be more like you, Father, so we ask Jesus for the power to do it, and we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen and amen. All right. Well, this is our generosity moment or our time for our tithes and offerings. If you're online, we're putting a link in the chat now. You can click on that to give. By the way, if you're already tithing, thank you. Thank you. It means the world, and you're changing the world for Christ. There's always three ways to give. You can give online. We'll put the link in the chat. You can give on our uh, Liquid Church mobile app. Or if you're in person, we put a prepaid envelope in your program. You can just drop it in the bucket or the mail when you get home. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive today's offering. And please hang out as we worship the Lord with our closing song. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.